This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. The most powerful politician in Illinois is being nudged out of power. Former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan has resigned from the Illinois House of Representatives. It marks the end of a remarkable 50-year career in the Illinois House. Nearly 40 of those years were as House Speaker, where he remained in power by electing Democrats. Now the house that Madigan built has turned against him amid a federal corruption scandal in which Madigan has not been charged. WBEZ's Tony Arnold has more on the career of Michael Madigan. There is this Michael Madigan story that is not really about Madigan, except that it is. In his first year as president, Barack Obama was in Russia meeting with Vladimir Putin, the country's authoritarian prime minister at the time. But the meeting went long, so David Axelrod, who was then Obama's top advisor, was stuck waiting. Axelrod recalls when President Obama, a former Illinois state senator, finally showed up. When he got back, I said, well, I have the meeting with Putin, though. And he said, oh, he said, oh, it was fine. It was just like dealing with uh, Mike Madigan. All business, the same steely blue eyes. He said uh, it was very familiar to me. But uh, only Putin talked more, I think, To the president of the United States, cold, hard power had the same look, whether it was in Moscow or in Springfield. But it's how Michael Madigan amassed and used that power that allowed him to become the longest-serving speaker of any house, state or federal, in American history. For one, Madigan was not someone you would call accessible. His public appearances were limited. And when he did talk, he had a way of speaking that was very matter-of-fact. But even then, he rarely would offer much in the way of personal reflection or even express strong opinions. So aside from power, it was hard for those who had to deal with him to know what it was that he wanted. Phil Rock was the Democratic president of the Illinois Senate who died in 2016. Mike is like the Sphinx. He sits and listens and looks and never changes expression and you don't quite know where he's coming from. Madigan earned a nickname based on his demeanor, the Velvet Hammer. Because when he did want something, he brought a firm, process-oriented approach to seeing it through. And that made for rocky relationships in negotiating with many governors, especially in the last 15 years. Even his own daughter encountered it when she considered a run for Illinois governor in 2014. Then, Attorney General Lisa Madigan didn't think the governor and the speaker should be from the same family. But it was clear her father had no intentions of leaving the speaker's gavel so she could run. In other words, Michael Madigan would not relinquish his own power for his own daughter. It was hard for her to talk about. So, as you can imagine, uh, there's a process that I went through in terms of evaluating how I could best continue to serve the people of the state of Illinois. Uh, Obviously, that involved, um, you know, private conversations that I will not be going through with you publicly. Michael Madigan's own father was a ward superintendent and got Madigan a city job working on the back of a garbage truck. He arrived in the legislature with the blessing of Chicago Mayor Richard J. Daley. Madigan has even said when he's in a bind, he asks himself, what would Daley do? And once he obtained power and became House Speaker in 1983, 
He didn't let go except for two years when Republicans won a House majority in their 1994 electoral sweep. Barbara Flynn Curry was Madigan's longtime floor leader and says his ability to adapt with the times to keep Democrats in the majority has been phenomenal, particularly watching him flip established Republican seats in the suburbs. He's very careful. He knows his stuff and the people that he works with know their stuff, too. So it's methodical, it's care and uh, attentive. Nothing got through the House without Madigan's okay, whether that be same-sex marriage or the legalization of cannabis or the abolition of the death penalty or pension sweeteners. To hear Madigan describe his long career in Springfield, he got along fine with former GOP governors like Jim Thompson and Jim Edgar. It was his own party's governors that gave him grief, like Rod Blagojevich. In 2008, well before the feds arrested Blagojevich on corruption charges, Madigan did not mince words. Well, if he thinks it's rhetoric, then he ought to talk to the members of the legislature who day in and day out tell him to his face that they don't trust him. So maybe he is delusional. A few years later, he would again run into trust issues with the governor. Republican Bruce Rauner made Madigan his primary target. Governor, how long will you continue to blame Mike Madigan for the state's problems? (laughs) Until he's gone. Their fight led to a two-year-long budget impasse, causing serious financial damage to colleges and human service providers. Madigan used Rauner's anti-union views to consolidate his power even more, bringing progressive and conservative Democrats from across the state together to steadfastly reject Rauner's initiatives. In the end, Rauner served just one term. Madigan outlasted him, too. But in the last two years, cracks started to emerge in Madigan's fortress. His close aides came under scrutiny for the treatment of women. And then a major federal corruption investigation hit. Now, Madigan himself faces no criminal charges, but the power company Commonwealth Edison admitted it embarked on a years-long effort to bribe Madigan by giving no-work contracts and jobs to Madigan's associates. Privately, Democrats started to question whether Madigan could or should survive. And after some electoral losses in November, one of the state's most senior Democrats, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin, made it public. All across our state, and the advertising told the story, we paid a heavy price for the the Speaker's chairmanship of the Democratic Party. Madigan vehemently denies wrongdoing in the ComEd scandal. But ComEd's admission laid bare a patronage system that's reminiscent of the old-school Chicago politics of Mayor Richard J. Daley, Madigan's mentor. David Axelrod calls Madigan, quote, a living link to a sordid past. Madigan, like so many of these older politicians have, uh, who have lived uh, across generations, he's operated under an old set of rules, and those rules catch up with you. Now Madigan departs the legislature that he's managed for more than a generation, facing mounting legal bills, watching his close confidant and friend indicted, and his own Democratic House members reject him. There was a phrase in Springfield that's not likely to be uttered much anymore. It would come up when something was up in the air, like a controversial political issue, and nobody quite knew how it would all shake out. That phrase? Never bet against the Speaker. Tony Arnold, WBEZ News. Thanks to WTTW and the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum for audio.